The extremely tasty non-alcoholic beverage I'm drinking right now is soda water with a shot of blood orange saffron shrub from Element Shrub. It adds a flavor of blood orange, spicy ginger, savory carrots, and fresh saffron to turn plain soda water into a complex and even decadent non-alcoholic beverage. If you don't know what a shrub is, it's also known as drinking vinegar and is made of three ingredients, a bit of sugar, vinegar, and fruit. One of the best things about shrubs is its versatility because you can add it into any drink or cocktail to make it more complex and add a really good kick. And with so many flavors like blueberry rosemary, pineapple turmeric, and honeydew jalapeno, the sky's the limit for cocktail making as well as having something tasty for everyday yummy drinks. Hi everyone, I'm Marco Salazar and welcome to the For All Drinks podcast, your place for discovering delicious non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, mocktails, and more for leading a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. On today's episode, we'll be chatting with Charlie Brickenshaw, founder of Element Shrub. Thanks so much for joining us today. Element Shrub started in 2013 when Charlie and his wife, Angela, were involved in a small nonprofit that foraged local fruit. Through this organization, they learned various techniques to preserve fruit. And around the same time, Angela got pregnant with their first child and began craving something that had the complexity of a cocktail, but that was healthy, made with real ingredients, and of course, had no alcohol. One day, after harvesting 400 pounds of crab apples, they were looking for a recipe for their bounty and came across the concept of shrubs. They learned that shrubs, and we're not talking about small bushes, have a long and complicated history dating back to the 15th century. In colonial America, shrubs became popular as a way to preserve fruit harvested throughout the summer using vinegar instead of citrus. With this knowledge and fruit from their neighborhood, they started experimenting with shrubs by adding different herbs and spices to create intriguing flavor combinations. After mixing their first batch with some sparkling water, the result was a drink that was incredibly refreshing and satisfied every aspect of Angela's cravings. Eventually, Element Shrub was created to produce products with real simple ingredients that taste good and don't have a ton of sugar. This means organic apple cider vinegar, whole fresh non-GMO fruit, organic herbs and spices, and a touch of organic cane sugar. These shrubs, which once seemed like a simple solution to a healthy non-alcoholic drink for Angela, have evolved into a line of products that are truly unique and wholesome enough to drink every day. So here he is, Charlie from Element Shrub. Hey, Charlie, welcome to the For All Drinks podcast. Thank you for having me, Marcus. I'm super excited to chat with you and your product Element Shrub because I am a soda water drinker and it is the perfect thing to add into soda water or club soda to make it more complex. And I just tried your blood orange saffron and it was unbelievably delicious. So to kick it off, I'd love for you to just share where the idea for Element Shrub come from. As two worlds collide. This was almost eight, eight or Nine years ago, my wife and I were living outside of Boston and we had gotten involved in this group that foraged fruit from people's backyards. And it was just this great way to get involved in the local community. It was a nonprofit and we would just go and, you know, knock on somebody's door, say, hey, you've got a peach tree in your backyard. Can we pick all the peaches? And then we'll give you 10% of whatever we make. So got an MBA in canning as we pickled, jammed, did every possible, any way you can ferment fruit, like we did it. And then somebody suggested the, the idea of making shrubs because, you know, honestly, we had made enough jam or jelly to feed an army and we're looking for something different. And, and then at the same time, my wife was pregnant with our first child 
And we'd always enjoyed eating and drinking and hanging out with friends and entertaining and things like that. And when we started looking for non-alcoholic drinks on the market for her while she was pregnant, there was nothing that was really interesting and complex. This was in 2013 before, you know, kombucha was even a thing. It was like unsweetened iced tea, which is healthy, but boring. Or there's like soda, which is delicious, but not super good for you. And so what we wanted to do was create something that almost had the complexity of a cocktail, was made with real ingredients, didn't have a ton of sugar, enough flavor that it didn't feel like medicine, and then no alcohol. And so for us, we wanted to create like flavor combinations that were really complex on their own, but easy to just add to seltzer water. And and when we start, first started experimenting, the when we added it to seltzer water and we'd never really had shrubs before then, it was this really awesome like balance of acidity from the vinegar, sweetness from the fruit and the sugar, and then complexity from the, the herbs and the spices. And and then yeah, and then so so we launched we launched after that. But that's how it all started. Coming to this non-alcoholic beverage industry or being new to the non-alcoholic beverage industry, I was first exposed to shrubs. I didn't know what they were. So can you share a little bit about how they're made and how they're used? Because there might be a lot of people that don't quite know what they are. Yes. No, this is probably the number one thing that <laughs> that, that we have to do from an educational perspective is what is a shrub? How do I use it? Right. Answering those two questions. And the, the answer to what a shrub is, it's a essentially vinegar, fruit, and sugar. So it's like a, it's like a simple syrup, but instead of water, it's vinegar. So you get your acid and your sweet. It, it, uh, the way that I usually describe it is if you're going to have either, either a cocktail or a non-alcoholic drink, you want that drink to have balance. So it needs some acid. It needs some sweet, ideally some sort of bitterness, and then an interesting mouthfeel. And so the shrubs provide both the acidity and the sweetness. So for example, if you're using lemon juice and simple syrup in a cocktail, our shrub, you can use our shrub in lieu of both of those. Awesome. And I think you point out for those that are mixologists or aspiring mixologists or want to make some cocktails, there's usually that rule of thumb where there is those three parts in somewhat of an equal to a certain extent measurements, which is acidity, sweetness, and then you might be putting a spirit or something in there. And that's amazing that Element Rub actually covers those two parts. Yeah. And then the bonus is just that like complexity from the the herbs and the spices as well that we throw in there. So it's almost a little like little bit like you're putting bitters in your drink as well. And in that acid and that that sweetness. Oh, yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about that. But when you're seeing a mixologist or someone making you a very complex cocktail, it's usually not just those three ingredients, there's other elements to it. And just by putting in some element shrub, you already add a lot more of that complexity. Yeah, so- yeah, exactly. So as you all start uh, thinking about launching, what are some of the flavors that you decided to first launch with and how did you experiment with those? Yeah, that was really fun. So we threw a couple of pop-up dinners in Boston and when we were there and then, yeah, the four flavors that we launched with, we still have today. It was our chai pear, honeydew jalapeno, lemon mint, and blueberry rosemary. And, and our thought process was having, first we wanted both some kind of fruit and then some kind of herb or spice to create that complexity. And the, the chai pear was fun because it, it, you know, I think what's cool about all of our flavors, even to this day, is that none of them really overlap with each other. We, the, the closest would probably be our lemon mint and our ginger lime, but every flavor has its own personality. And going back to the, to thinking about how to put the flavors together. Part of it was coming up with 
ingredients that were recognizable on their own, but when you put them together, it makes them more interesting. So honeydew on its own, okay, I know what that is, jalapeno on its own, but honeydew jalapeno together, wow, either I need to try that or no, that's not for me. And, and that's okay for us. I think a lot of our consumers, people that like shrubs, like they have a sense of adventure. And so they want to push the boundaries a little bit. I hadn't really seen it in this kind of way, but all your flavors are super distinct and they're all very different. And that's what I thought was really unique about it. I just keep thinking about having all the different shrubs and then each night of the week, having a very different experience <laughs> totally. from that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, as I was saying earlier, like my go-to drink in the evening tends to just be some uh, soda water with some type of non-alcoholic beverage. And I think the thing that's nice about it is that, yes, if I'm using other non-alcoholic spirits or something, it is going to add to the flavor, but the element shrub adds a lot of complexity with those two different elements to it. What are some of the other flavors that you all have, have come about? The order in which we launched them is how I remember everything. But so after the first year we had those four so uh, and then we launched the pineapple turmeric which is a really fun i call it like paradise with a twist and and then we did a, a cranberry hibiscus which is actually the most difficult shrub for us to produce because we we use fresh ingredient fresh fruit for for everything and the time like the time of year when both cranberries and watermelon are in season together is like a week and a half. Wow. We only have technically watermelons are in season forever from where we want to get them. They're like, you, know, you want watermelons in the summer. Right? So it's like the very end of summer and the very beginning of fall. And uh, yeah, so we've got that one. And then we've got a, a grapefruit vanilla, which is really fun. It's like a grapefruit creamsicle and uh, just plays really well with, with a bunch of other things. There's a little ginger in it too. Blood orange saffron, ginger lime, and then our latest is a, a peach tamarind. And I can see all of these flavors adding a lot of complexity and depth to cocktails. But the other thing, aside from soda water, is I can see this easily making champagne cocktails all the time with all the different flavors. Like we just, I just interviewed the founder of Naughty, the non-alcoholic uh, champagne or sparkling wine. And I could see so many of your flavors complementing the dryness and tartness and bubbly of that non-alcoholic uh, sparkling wine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that makes, I think us a little different is that we didn't come up with flavors that were necessarily classic bartender flavors. And if you think back to your sort of suggestion of adding these to champagne, right? Like we now have a peach shrub, but it's not necessarily like peach juice that you put in a Bellini. There's a twist on it. And like our pineapple turmeric shrub also has some orange in it, but it's not just like orange. And we, we tried to create these flavors that were a little more kind of out there and not just trying to mimic exactly what you're doing behind the bar so that it just makes it a little different, a little more interesting. Awesome. So taking it from idea to producing the product and then launch. And I think the other side of it that's interesting is that there's an educational component to it for the consumer. How do pe how did people first respond? How did they first respond and how do they typically respond to uh, tasting shrubs? Yeah. The first response was like, wait, you want me to drink vinegar? What? I, this isn't a salad dressing. What, what are you doing? Like, that's honestly the first response. And I think even to this day, the most often received, uh, backhanded compliment is, wow, this is actually good. And, and so I think people either, you know, know vinegar and are used to it or they're not. And 
we've tried to make it more interesting for those who are not and those that, that know it, love it. But the other thing that we did as well was try to create as much content as we could about how to use it and also push the boundaries on vinegar isn't just for, you know, most people thought it was just for salad dressings, but it's also for drinks. And you can also do other things with it. We've made pesto with it. We've done, we've pickled vegetables with it. And then obviously non-alcoholic drinks and cocktails as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that the important thing, if people aren't used to using vinegar when it comes to drinking, aside from like the apple cider vinegar enthusiasts, is that in an alcoholic beverage, there is automatically that burning or kick that the alcohol provides. Whereas with the non-alcoholic beverages, that always isn't the case. And the vinegar is something that can provide that type of mouthfeel and experience in a non-alcoholic alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the downside to, to vinegar is that it is, it's a volatile acid. So it has a smell, which is, I think what throws most people off when we are in a like farmer's market kind of setting and people are like taking a shot to like, try to taste it and see how it is. And they're most, most of the time people are, Oh, the smell. And I'm like, I know, but it's vinegar. I, there's nothing I can do about it. And, uh, but when you think about the function of it, rather than, you know, the smell of it, it's, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I have lemonade that's acid and sugar and sparkling water. It's essentially the same thing from a function perspective. So you just, if you can look past that, the the smell aspect of it, knowing that, and, and I would say that for the most part, people don't drink our shrubs straight. Like at least my, I, I always encourage people to mix them with something, whether it's, seltzer water, flat water, into a cocktail, into a non-alcoholic drink with some hot water. When you're drinking them straight, that's when you get the most intense smell. Yeah. And that's similar to if you would just be smelling like a glass of vodka or something like that. And I think you get, you get accustomed to that smell as you have been building out kind of content and recipes. What are some of your favorite ways to use your product? uh, And what are some favorite recipes? Yeah. So I think I, I really try to push the limits when it comes to to recipes, especially on the non-alcoholic side. I am a big fan of making non-alcoholic drinks. Obviously, I we make shrubs, so I like things a little more acidic than I do sweet. But coming up with really interesting, balanced non-alcoholic drinks that that drink better almost than even their counterpart in 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 the cocktail space. And so I would say one of my favorite drinks that I've made is a, it was actually inspired by a, by Paddington, which I, I made it a couple of years ago. So my kids now are four and seven. And so Lena is seven. She's the one who started this all referencing the beginning of the story. I, there was a time when they were into Paddington and I was reading the book Paddington to them. And as I was reading the book, I got inspired to create a cocktail based on the story of Paddington. And so the base of the drink was Earl Grey tea, a reference to London and like tea drinking, et cetera. And, and then Paddington, obviously like his food of choice is marmalade. So I think jams and jellies are a underused product in cocktails because at the end of the day, it's just fruit, sugar, and pectin. And so it's essentially a, sim- a simple syrup, but just in a more solidified form. So the we used an orange marmalade, like a bitter orange marmalade as a sweetener. And then I just thought our grapefruit vanilla shrub would pair really well 
with both sort of the bitter notes of the Earl Grey tea, which, you know, and a little bit of the, the grapefruit peel and, and all of that. And then the vanilla just creates this sort of warming, like a little more decadent sensation. And then the, the last component is that Paddington slips on the, the, the clotted cream when he's at the train station. And so I thought it would be really fun to do a clarified milk punch version of this. And so, which you add milk and really, I had always seen clarified milk punches in cocktails, right? So you have some sort of spirit, you've got some acid, and then you add milk and you intentionally curdle the milk so that, and then you separate that from the the whey, which is now infused with whether it's liquor or acid or whatever it is. And so this time it was just the Earl Grey tea, the marmalade and the, and the grapefruit vanilla shrub. And so you add the milk to it and it creates the sensation or the mouthfeel of something that is creamy and creamsicle, like milkshake. And, yeah. and yet there's no milk in it. And then you're left with this clotted cream that's the curds. And yeah, and then you just, I top it with a little like fresh ground pepper, black pepper. Oh yeah. And yeah. yeah and it, it's really interesting. And I love the story behind it too. And it's obviously non-alcoholic because is reading it to my daughter. So <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. And, and I think that's the interesting thing about element shrub is like, there's a lot of different ways that you can use it and experiment with it. For those of you that you may be purchasing it for the first time, you don't need a huge amount in order to make a drink. Like each of these bottles that are 16 ounce bottle, 16 ounce bottles has about 32 servings. Yes. Yeah. No, a little definitely goes a long way. And I would even say, I always recommend people to fill their glass with like ice and sparkling water first, and then add as much shrub because you can add a little bit and see how you like it. And then you can add more if you want. And then you can, because I would say I like it. I like our shrubs at a ratio of five to one soda to shrub. My wife likes it more at like nine to one, like more diluted. So it just depends on how intense of an experience you, you, you want and what you're used to. Do you have any plans or of any new flavors uh, coming up? We don't have any new flavors yet, but we are working on a, a project that I will say involves some byproducts. I think one of the things that we are really passionate about is trying to use our, our trying to use our shrubs in, in ways that push the zero food waste boundaries as well. Oh. So we're actually, we have a project that where we take the, the leftover shrub mash, right? So you'd ask earlier about like, how do you make shrubs as well? Not just what they are, but shrubs are essentially vinegar, fruit, and sugar. You put them together and then you strain off the fruit and you're left with the shrub liquid that you see in the bottle. But you've got all this leftover fruit that would otherwise just get thrown away or, or composted. So what we do is we give our shrub mash a second life and we give it to a local distillery in, in Maryland, a McClintock distillery in Frederick. And they take our mash and they turn it into a cordial using the tails of their whiskey. And so Oof. it's this really cool zero food waste cordial that still has the same flavor as our shrub, but, but also uses the tails of their whiskey, which they would otherwise either redistill or you know throw away. Awesome. Awesome. I, now I'd love to get a little bit, learn a little bit about you. And can you share a little bit about your background? You shared that a little bit of the origin story of Element Shrub, but about your background and how your background has influenced as well as supports the growth of Element Shrub? Yeah, honestly, I, Ele, Element Shrub is the first sort of 
my first venture in the food and beverage food and beverage world. Prior to that, I was working in education. I was I, I taught English in Japan. I worked as a consultant doing things not food related. So this was this was a project that I had always dreamed about, dreamed about getting into the food industry. And I think just everything came together all at the same time. Literally quit my other job when my daughter was born to, to do this. Yeah. And what's been one of your biggest learnings of being an entrepreneur and or diving into the food space? Oh man, I was talking to somebody else about this the other day. And I think what feels different about, and I don't know if this is just owning your own company or if it's like CPG in general, consumer packaged goods in general, but that like you go into it and you get excited about all of these like milestones of getting into this store or getting this distributor. But at the end of the day, there's not really a finish line. And and I think most people, sometimes they forget that or they're like, oh, like we're in Whole Foods now. So we're done. Like, no, like you got to get off the shelf. There's so many things you have to do. And like that finish line is you just have to keep pushing. And so as an extension of that, where do you see Element Shrub going in the future? How would you like to expand? What's your vision for the company? Yeah, I think we made we made a push to to really focus, I think, on on e-commerce and, and e-tailers. I think one of the realities of our product is that, you know, it has a relatively high price point and requires a lot of education. And being in big grocery that sometimes makes that difficult, getting the velocity that you need, competing with everybody else on the shelf, et cetera. And yeah, so that's where I see us. And I think just staying connected with our community, doing more collaborations with other non-alcoholic brands, maybe even going internationally and, uh, and looking outside the US market. So I think we might even, you may know this better from the data that you have on, on dry January, but I feel like we're, the US is almost behind in terms of the non-alcoholic space mm -hmm. compared to like even the UK or, or some other countries. So yeah, I would say the UK is probably a few years ahead of us in terms of lots of things of a number of companies, but also just integration into overall society. Turns out I, I, I heard some research that Spain is actually the number one non-alcoholic or one of the number one non-alcoholic beverage countries with it just being everywhere, both in terms of availability, but also in terms of the number of people who consume it. But I think the US, yeah, we're at the beginning stages of people learning about it, both in terms of consumer, but also from a retailer standpoint and where it's available. I, I think you bring up a really interesting point because I personally, I, when I think of apple cider vinegar, it's I already know the price point. Maybe it's just where I shop. So I don't see yours as expensive, but I do see it as a really good premium price point. But to some people who are unfamiliar, I could see that they're not quite sure what that is. So retailers could not quite know how to put it into a big store. Sure. Or you run into the issue of certain retailers don't have the same shelf presence for either the cocktail mixer section or where wherever we would fit in. And, and I think that's the other sometimes difficult part is where do you belong on the shelf? Are you a cocktail mixer? Are you a salad dressing? Are you somewhere in between? Are you in the like health section? And I think you're pointing out that one of the bigger challenges of the overall kind of non-alcoholic beverage industry is just like, where does all this sit? And so that's the first thing. I think the other thing is that 
you like your product is an example of people innovating in this non-alcoholic beverage space or being able to have products that could be used in non-alcoholic beverages. So there's a pretty big diversity and there's starting to be more and more alternatives to alcohol that are popping up. So what does this even, where does this even fit into an overall kind of place in a store? Again, some of them are very health focused. Some of them are mixers or do they belong in soda? Do they belong in an entirely like non-alcoholic beverage right. section? And does that sit beside by the alcohol beverage company? I think we're in that really interesting phase. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's really fun to see the growth, especially over the last, I would say, 12 months or 12 to 18 months. More and more non-alcoholic spirits companies, more and more non-alcoholic beer, et cetera. And I think even just like thinking about, I don't know, shelf space at a company like Total Wine or something where you're seeing like maybe a year ago, they had two non-alcoholic beers and now there's... There's a lot more. There's right? an entire section. And and I, I yeah. think this is also just, we can we can take lessons from the vegan, vegetarian, or gluten-free movement. And when you're looking at a store in the past, you may have had to go through five to 10 different aisles to find all the different vegan or gluten-free options. Whereas now there's a sure. central place. And I think that's where eventually we would love to go to, to be at. So people can shop in one central place to get a combination of things to create a good non-alcoholic beverage experience for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does your kind of company look like? And what does your day to day look like? Yeah. So we, my day to day is running around like usual. I, I rarely sit, really sit in a chair and, and do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, we have a lot of things outsourced, but I still, one of the things that I still really like doing is sending orders to people online. And we, I write a thank you card to everybody that orders, which is just fun. And, and it's not an algorithm, but like, I will manually check to see if you ordered before and say, thank you again. So that's one of the things that I, I really enjoy. I, I think you pointed something out. I, I think in the place where we're at, just in terms of everything from food and beverage, being able to take that little extra time to write a handwritten note is a big differentiator, just because I, I think what you want to do, especially in the context of non-alcoholic beverages, if someone tries your beverage, there are increasing options, but you want to try to see if you can create some loyalty and, and engagement with that customer so they, they repeat orders. And also have an opportunity to try all the different flavors that, that you provide. Yeah, yeah, it's a double-sided sword, but we, we offered a, this year for the first time, a, we call it the, the full Monty Python, which is all of our flavors in three of our, three of our gift sets. And, but when we sold, when we sell out of one or two flavors, we have to make that out of stock. So that's the benefit of having a lot of flavors and getting everybody to try them. And then the downside is when, when you sell out of something and, you know, they've got to come back later. So, yeah. So this is interesting. I, to, to wrap it up, there might be different people in the people who are listening that have different preferences. Some very kind of vinegar bitter oriented. Some people that are on the sweeter side. So if people wanted to try, aside from the variety pack, if people wanted to try a certain set of flavors based sure. on their taste preferences, what would those be? Yeah. So I would say the sweetest flavors are probably the chai pear, the peach tamarind. And the ginger lime is both like sweet and spicy. And then I would say like the bartender favorites are probably the honeydew jalapeno, the blood orange saffron, and probably the, the blueberry rosemary. And then, but I think one of the way, other ways to think about it is like for the pineapple turmeric, in terms of educating people and figuring out how to use them, like anytime you would put pineapple juice in a drink, just put our shrub in there instead. Or anytime you would put lemon juice in a drink, use our lemon mint shrub instead. So thinking about like the flavor profiles of the drinks that you're already making. And then, you know, 
how you can incorporate what what we've done and add a little more complexity, a little more flavor to it with uh, with our shrubs. That's very interesting because I'm going to be making my parents a amaretto sour with liars. And yeah. you, you obviously need lemon juice. So I yes. might, I'm going to have to buy some of the lemon so, and shrub. That'd be perfect. And it's funny because the we did a couple experiments with, with that. I've made a amaretto sour with the, with the liars and the lemon mint is really good. But what's even more interesting is the blueberry rosemary with it. Interesting. I'm going to have to try that. First of all, those two flavors are like two of my favorite flavors. If I am at a party making drinks for people, I try to, I'll raid the fridge and if there's blueberries and I can crush them into something, as well as what you said is one of my favorite things to add into cocktails is blueberry jelly. It, it That's yeah. just a great way to do that. And then rosemary is definitely a complimentary flavor to so many of the cocktails I make. Yeah, and that's, that a one, that's a cool flavor because it's we make a lot of flavor, like seasonal flavors, right? So the blueberry is a seasonal flavor that we make in the summer when blueberries are fresh, but the rosemary extends the, the life into the fall because it has that sort of like earthiness. So it's not like pure summer. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much, Charlie, for sharing your story and all the different flavor profiles. I think what you're creating provides a lot of variety and options for people to experiment in a very easy way. So thanks so much for joining us today. Marcus, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us today for another inspiring interview. I really hope you get an opportunity to try Element Shrub, especially the blood orange saffron. It is absolutely amazing and it is something that I drink on a daily basis. If you're subscribed to the show, thanks for being part of the For All Drinks community. I'd be super grateful if you can take a moment to leave me a rating if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, be sure to subscribe to this and all the other episodes of the podcast to start discovering more delicious non-alcoholic drinks. Lastly, visit foralldrinks.com for show notes to this episode and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest non-alcoholic beverage news, special giveaways, discounts, and more. Here's to drinking healthy, inclusively, and different. See you all next week.